welcoming everyone to the second seminar being presented by ACB Diabetics in Action today. And it's about, uh, I almost view it as about having fun as a diabetic. You can, you can have a healthy lifestyle and you need to use some coping mechanisms, but you can also have a tremendously good life as a person with diabetes. There's no doubt about it. Uh, some are luckier than others. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful, for example, <clears throat> that I was diagnosed fairly early in the progression of, of my diabetes so that I have not had the significant problems that others do. I mean, some people find out they're diabetic when they lose their vision. That's, that's rough, man. That's rough. Other people uh, have other symptoms, which is how they find out that they have it. So even if that's true, you can, by reducing your, your blood glucose levels, you can, by some of the healthy lifestyle ideas we heard about in the previous seminar, truly have a good life. And uh, we want to focus on that for this yes. second seminar. Because yes. it's important always yeah. to remember that. And on those days you're feeling a little blue, remember it double. <laughs> It'll help. It'll help. Yes. And uh, just for those who may not know, this is put on by the ACB Diabetics in Action, um, an affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. We would love to reach out to all of you to become a member and to be active in our organization all of you have things to offer, I know. And uh, so now let us offer this seminar to you. And yep. thank you all for attending. Yeah, okay, for I those who are taking it for continuing ed credits, here is the code you need. 129, A is in alpha, F is in foxtrot. I'll say it again. 129, A is in alpha, F is in foxtrot. This is Becky Dunkerson, and um, again, like Chris said, I want to thank everybody for being here. Um, should you want to reach out to ACBDA and any of our uh, board people, um, or as Chris said, we welcome you to join. You can send an email to acbdaorg at gmail.com. Um, what we have today is uh, five panelists. Um each of them will talk probably about 10 to 15 minutes, depending on their story and what they're sharing. Um, what I'm going to do is tell you who all is speaking. Um, and I'm kind of going to go in the order just because a couple wanted to go first or, you know, get their story out first. Um, and then we can do questions at the end if there is time for that. Um so first, we're going to have Miley George, who is from California. When Miley gets done, um, Donna, I'm going to need your help with this. The next speaker is Linda McKinley okay. um, from Michigan. She will raise her hand, okay. um, and you can unmute her to speak. Um, after her, then we have Larry Gassman from California. Um, after Larry will be Danette Dixon from Washington. And then we're going to finish up with uh, Jeff Bishop's amazing story from Washington as well. So, Miley, I will let you take it away. Um, 
Donna, if you want to maybe let us know when it's 10 minutes for each person. I can do that. Okay, that'd be good. And then if they go over that, that's fine. But at least it'll give them an idea where they are. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, gosh, um, thank you, everybody. Um, Truly, it takes a village and what a mighty village we have. Um, My name is Miley George. And as um, Becky said, I live in Northern California. And I have been diabetic for 51 years. Um, And it's been an amazing journey. Um, It definitely started out rocky for me. Um, I, uh, in 1969, as was mentioned on the previous call, we were limited to um, urine testing. There was no blood testing. Um, Oh, gosh, it was, it was, I mean, it wasn't as bad as it was in 1922 when insulin was first discovered by um, doctors Banting and Best. And at that time, they were using U40 insulin, and it was uh, pork and beef-based. Of course, now it's gotten a lot more refined, and um, we have continuous glucose monitors and pumps and um, the way technology is going, who knows where the the future is headed. But, um, so yeah, 1969, how did I get diabetes? There's a lot of theories on how type 1 diabetes um, comes about in young children, but um, one of the current theories is that it's an autoimmune condition where either you get an illness like a flu, or um, another theory is that it's from eating dairy products. And so your immune system just kicks in big time and it destroys the insulin producing cells in the pancreas. Um, some of the symptoms, I had the classic symptoms, which were uh, frequent urination, um, excessive thirst, um, extreme weight loss. I think I went from um, like 80 pounds down to 65 pounds within a matter of a couple of weeks, um, and, and fatigue. Um, so I was a little kid and I thought it was like totally fun at first. I was hospitalized for about 10 days and, you know, I got all kinds of cards and gifts and, um, I got to practice injecting insulin in an orange and it was just like all kinds of fun. And then I just, I experienced my first hypoglycemic insulin reaction and felt awful. And I was just, um, uh, you know, the, the tingling lips and the shakiness, um, and I was given orange juice, and, and that was kind of a, a, a glimpse of what my, my future would hold. But um, then I discovered that, like, at Easter time, instead of getting an Easter basket filled with candy, I got Days of the Week underwear. And um, and instead of at Halloween getting to keep all my Easter candy, I had to share it with my dad and my sister and um, could only eat like the, the raisins, which probably weren't even all that good for me either because it increased my blood sugar. But um, anyway, um, then I went into my teenage years and that equals disaster for me. Um, don't let anyone tell you that hormones don't play into anything because I, if I was told no, the first thing I wanted to do was go in completely the opposite direction. And I just wanted to fit in. I was in complete denial. Um, 
and started my career in health abuse. And I spent about the next 25 years basically in a self-destructive pattern. Um, I found that if I didn't take my insulin, I wouldn't gain weight. And back then, thin was in. So I I lost a lot of weight by not taking my insulin and and being very non-compliant. Let's see. Um, Let's see the... So that that continued most like that started in about high school, um, went into my college years. I went away to college and um, continued the the di- what's known now as diabetic bulimia. Um, so basically, binge and purge, binge and purge. Um, and uh, as time went on, I got diabetic leg ulcers. I um, I got gastric paresis, diabetic retinopathy, which was treated with lasers. Um, I later married. I got pregnant twice, and both pregnancies failed. Um, And, oh, my, there was was gastric paresis. Um, I got trigger finger, um, hypoglycemic unawareness, so my blood sugar would drop really, really low, and I wouldn't realize that I was going low. Um, it just, you name the complication, I think I think I had it. And then, of course, it affected my, my relationships as well, um, because I, I'd end up, you know, feeling really tired, and then I couldn't keep up on my obligations or, or go to my classes. Um, I, never, I never let it affect my work. I always was real... <laughs> um, I always had that American work ethic, so I always showed up for my job. But in, in abusing my health and keeping it so secretive for so long, I just was also experiencing an overdose of shame um, over the years. Um, finally, I found a, a wonderful mentor, a couple of mentors, actually, when I joined a diabetic support group. Um, and I had already gone blind at the time, but one of those mentors was also blind. She had a guide dog. She had earned her master's in school. She was also a massage therapist as well as a psychiatrist. And she really taught me how to, how to live a normal life and, and more be, be friends with my diabetes or at least be able to cohabit <laughs> um, and, and, and not just ignore it and really have a good respect for, for diabetes. I also met a really wonderful diabetes educator who also had type 1 diabetes. And coincidentally, I went to diabetic camp when I was just a little girl. Um, and she was at that same diabetic camp. And so when we, when we uh, compared notes about our past, we discovered that that was indeed the case. Um, <laughs> And she also was on the board of directors for Dogs for Diabetics. So when I got my fifth guide dog, Jasmine, who I still have now, um, Jasmine got to be cross-trained to um, alert on my blood sugar lows because I was still experiencing the hypoglycemic unawareness. Um, And that's um, something that I know Danette and I share in common Mm -hmm. is that our our guide dogs um, alert on our lows. Um, but the, what's made the biggest difference, and again, this was alluded to by one of the um, people in the audience on the last call, is that my continuous uh, glucose monitor, the Libre, and I actually use the Dexcom, has what is what has made the biggest difference in my life because I I could 
pass out. I try to pump and I pass out just at the drop of a hat. I was real fastidious about trying to keep my blood sugars like as close to 100 as possible. And so the paramedics and I got to know each other on a first term basis. I ended up in the emergency room way too many times. And so um, my doctor and I decided that, you know, probably because I was so type A, um, a pump wasn't the, the best thing for me until there could be um, an accessible pump. And so, or even a closed loop pump so that the continuous glucose monitor would talk to the pump and um, either shut off if my blood sugar was dropping too low um, or kick in if my blood sugar was starting to go high. So that's that's what I would like to see ACBDA shoot for um, with the advocacy for uh, accessible, durable medical equipment. So that's that's in the future. But um, back to, you know back to the the real anchors that have made a huge difference in my life is is eating. I actually eat a whole food, plant based diet. Um, but it's it's kind of like what Sue and Sue were talking about. It's a balanced diet and eating about six times a day. Um, and then, of course, technology. So my Dexcom, which I just look at my iPhone to see what my blood sugar is, and it it sends me an alarm if I'm going high or I'm going low. Um, also, my Fitbit, that's what makes sure that I get the number of steps I need to get a day. And I, I love their suggestion of just um, standing up whenever whenever possible and um i actually if i haven't made my steps for the day i'll just march in place at the end of the day to get my um <laughs> get my steps <laughs> but i can i can see all that on my on my fitbit so i love my you're fitbit at nine also. minutes you're at nine thank minutes. you yeah. i'm i'm wrapping up so my anchors diet um my iphone um, my community, and so that would be ACBDA, um, being with a group of supportive friends, um, and then also just being aligned with my core values, so the things that have always been important to me, um, my faith and just my, my, my belief system. And so um, that's my story, and I'm just happy to say that I have survived. My pediatrician told me that I wasn't going to see my 40th birthday, and um, I've I've outlived that. And um, I'm I'm happy I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to be living the good life with diabetes. Next on our panel of speakers is Linda McKinley. All right. Well, I I think my tale is quite the opposite of Miley's. Um, <laughs> I'm a type 2 diabetic, and I've known about it for 13 years. Um, Originally, you know, we didn't have a family history of diabetes or anything like that, but I have a bit of a cautionary tale. Um, In uh, 2002, I was struck by a car on my way home from work and sustained a number of orthopedic injuries and that sort of thing, and I was just, I think so happy to be alive that once I realized that I was going to be able to go right back to that same street corner where I'd gotten off the bus and crossed over and I knew the legs were going to work and all that good stuff. I went into kind of a, almost a party mode. So for the next several years, it was almost um, a weekly New Year's Eve party. Hmm. And I also um, got hooked on those shopping channels. Prior to that, I didn't even know they existed, you know, like HSN and QVC and stuff. So, yeah, it it was kind of like I unloaded with both barrels. And um, it took a few years to catch up with me, but finally um, 
the internist told me that I was diabetic, and my initial thought was, oh, no, I don't have a family history like that. I'm probably one of those borderlines or the pre-diabetics you hear tell about. And um, she, you know, gave me metformin to use, which is kind of, I guess, the basic starting point nowadays for diabetes. And um, I was even a little bit slow on, you know, getting crazy about that program. But finally, it, it did take hold. And, you know, uh, in the earlier presentation, I, I heard parts of that about having to do things sometimes in small steps. And so I certainly didn't go on any fad diets or buy a bunch of books or anything like that. But little by little, I kind of chipped away at things and changed all sorts of um, eating and drinking habits. I stopped shopping, <laughs> at least in that wild way I was on the shopping channels. And it did turn out in the end to, uh, it took a long time, but um, ultimately I've lost, boy, just under 20% of my body weight. And that really needed to happen because that'll mess with all sorts of vascular and cardiac stuff, even without the diabetes. Um, I I'm a little bummed out to be retired in one of those underfunded retirements. It doesn't look at all like the infomercials that we hear about on TV all the time. And um, there are times when I still wish that I could go back to work again because I had worked for 44 years prior to leaving the workforce. And so it still feels a little odd not to be there. But in some ways, I think it was a blessing in disguise just because I had the kind of employer that it depended on who the uh, management or supervisors were at the time. But, you know, some folks are really on board with reasonable accommodation and some aren't. And so you had to go with whatever personality was in charge that year. So when they finally gave people the option of um, retiring a tad early and calling it voluntary layoffs and stuff like that, I just went with it. Um, you know, at the time, my MD even said something along the lines of, well, you know, this may not be such a bad thing because a lot of your habits are probably going to change. And they did in the sense that without a desk job and being stuck on public transportation a few hours a day and all that, I did have more time to myself. And um, I won't tell you that I joined a gym or anything like that, but I, I did do, you know, a lot of individual stuff and uh, physical therapy for prior orthopedic problems, that sort of thing. And so ultimately, um, it ended up being a good idea because they were talking a little earlier in the previous presentation about not um, spending too much time, you know, sitting down and all that stuff. And when you're attached to a cubicle and uh, pretty much have to be productive in there all day, um, there's not much choice but to kind of stay plugged in. So, yeah, suddenly I, I did have at least a little more range of motion and freedom movement and that kind of thing. Um, you know, as far as I live in a, a region where there really isn't a Whole Foods, and I don't even think we can get Amazon grocery. We've kind of looked into it a couple times. So we kind of have to settle for Kroger, and once in a blue moon, there'll be kind of a little urban market that pops up. Um, so I can't always get the kind of stuff, oh, even if I bought into all the fads and stuff, I wouldn't be able to find most of that stuff anyway. And so a lot of it is just what you can afford at the time, 
Um, and there are always tons of different beans and eggs and all sorts of milks now. They don't even have to be the cow's milk. Um, so even if you can't get super quality meat, you know, you do have those nice protein options. And so I guess anybody who um, should find out that they're diabetic, instead of getting really freaked out and wondering if you should change every single thing in your life, even if you make that decision, it's still going to have to kind of go piecemeal, you know, kind of baby steps, as they say. And um, eventually you'll you'll get there. <laughs> and I'm still working on all my stuff, so it, it I don't think it ever really ends. But as far as the... Um, ACTA goes, I oh, I guess it was about a year ago when I first heard about the group. And um, Becky, who was moderating our panel, was um, really quick about writing back and stuff like that and let me know about the monthly speakers that were coming up. We had a podiatrist who talked about different kinds of foot care, um, you know, the, the types of uh, shoes and stuff that you want to wear. Um, talked about neuropathy, um, which, Miley, I also have. I, I'm starting to get some of that in my hands. <laughs> some of that might just be from so many years of keyboarding, too. But um, let's see, where else was I going to go with that? Oh, yeah. Um, in addition to the monthly uh, programs that um, Becky and some of the others have arranged, there is an email uh, group list. And boy, sometimes folks can really get cranked on there as far as recipes. Um, and it's really kind of cool because even if you don't have the ingredients in your fridge at the time, you know, I, I know I save a lot of these and I think, oh, next time I'm at a farmer's market, I've got to get some of these. And I, I don't know that I should name the person, but uh, Sugar Lopez, some of you probably already know her. And she gets on the list all the time with these great um vegetable vegetable alternatives and oh even some overnight uh, oatmeal with chia seeds and just 101 different things so I hardly ever delete any of those because I think sooner or later I might want to look back at those um, I think if if there was one thing I haven't found an answer to yet and I hope one of you guys might uh, know and then you could pass it along to the ACBDA address but I wish there was a good way to get in walking um, when you when you do have neuropathy, I actually had motor neuropathy long before um, I ever had diabetes. So I've never had super good balance or anything like that. But, yeah, one of the options they give you is to use a walker in order to, you know, book down the street or go at any speed. And, you know, you can't do that as a blind person. I don't care if you use a cane or a dog. You've just got to have, you know, because you use a walker, you've got to have both hands on it. And so I'm still kind of poking around to see if anybody can answer that one. And I think we've been coming. Um, that's probably my outstanding question at this point. Okay. And boy, I'm probably skipping something. That, that'll leave more room for questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I am Jeanette Dixon and I'm vice president of ACBDA and I live in Linwood, Washington. I've been a diabetic since 2000. My mom became a diabetic when she was in her 
early 40, 40s, she lost one of her kidneys. And right after that, she became a diabetic. And I was on vacation visiting with my parents in Montana. And they had wanted me to check out, go to the general doctor to see, to get checked out for diabetes. So I did. Sure enough, when I, I was a borderline diabetic from 2000 to 2000 till 2015, or no, maybe it was 16 or 17. I can't remember which one. But after that, I was, when I, when they told me that I would be on insulin, I cried. I did not know how I, a blind girl, was going to do insulin shots. And be, I, I was crying in the doctor's office. And it was a, no offense, it was a male doctor. And he left. He left the room one, and le- left me there crying. So a nurse came in and and told me what to do and stuff. But I was still a little shaken. I just didn't understand how a blind person was going to do insulin shots. So I called a couple of people who I knew were diabetics here in Washington state and they recommended ACBDA. And I was, I um, became a member right away. And about a year later, I became vice, the second vice president and this year, th- th- at this time, I would have been, I've been second vice president for two years, but now we're vice president because of, I- I'm in ACBDA because of our past president, D. She's the one, I'm as involved as I am because of our past president, D. She's the one that encouraged me to do the vice, the second vice president and such. But doing an insulin shot, I got used to it. And then it was doing the CGM, the continuous glucose monitor, the um, Dexcom. I didn't think I'd be able to do that neither, but um, I'm doing it. It's it's pretty easy. And as Miley said, our Miley's dog is trained to do um, for, with dogs for diabetes. But Mr. Mayor, my my Mr. Cuteness over there, that's not part of his training. But he still alerts me. He sits on me and he and will not just will not leave me alone, follows me. If my sugar is low, he'll sit on my feet and not leave me alone until I check it. He will alert me before my, my low alarm goes off. So he's, and, and that's just the type of dog as alert, as sensitive as Mayor is. And I think my back to my parents wanted me to get checked out for diabetes because of being overweight. Yes, I'm still overweight, but we're going to get a handle on that one too. And it's, 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 um, that, that's not easy, an easy thing to do to, if I, I, I know myself, if I do not exercise in the morning, it doesn't, it, it's not going to happen. And I, I know that. So it's like, I need to get back in the routine. I have an exercise bike in the house. I need to get back to the, in the music routine in of doing that and i will and it it is a mindset as what the sues were saying and you just have to make that choice and you know what you need to do you make that choice and do what you need to do and i'm trying to think and with the the dexcom has made a huge humongous difference that will set an alarm if you're high, 
if you're low, if you're rapidly going low, or if you're rapidly going high, and it'll, it'll, and you can set, select different alarms. Like my alarm, if, if it gets too low, my alarm will be the baby will cry. Well, my Mr. Mayor, he will let me know before the baby cries, which is amazing because that's, that's not part of his training. It's Jasmine's training, but not Mayor's training. He would have been a good dogs for diabetic too. But yeah, and my story went pretty fast. And I do live alone. And I'm working on the exercising and lowering the sugar, lowering the, the weight and such. So yeah, my I'm sorry, my story went pretty fast. That's okay, Danette. That's- it doesn't have to do with time. It has to do with content. It, it'll give enough time. So, Larry, if you'd like to take over, you may. I'll slow down. I could go 30, but I won't. I'll bet it goes under 10. I'm not keeping track. But I'm Larry Gassman, Fullerton, California, near Anaheim. Um, I do a lot of speaking for my job for Marriott, a lot of, quite a bit of traveling. And then John and I, my twin brother, we took over and did FS cast for the last year. So being in front of people, talking with people, not at them, but with them, is very easy for me. And I've talked a lot about diabetes over the year. And it's funny because I, I never was diabetic, at least not that I knew of. I frankly believe that most of us probably were diabetic well before we were actually diagnosed and i learned it's funny listening to miley i thought i was listening to my late wife melinda whom she also knew i'll get into that because there are so many parallels um i was i was actually volunteering at the braille institute in I think I joined in 95 or 96. Braille Institute is a regional library system. There's one in Los Angeles. There's one in Anaheim. And so I was a student there at first and then eventually began to help teach and volunteer. And that's where I met Melinda. Melinda was a gestational diabetic, type 1, very fragile, and probably began to be diabetic around 9 or 10. I knew nothing about diabetes except that my uncle had had it. And still does, by the way. He's in his late 80s. But it was an onset of a diabetic thing that, gra- that gradually happened to him later in life. But I didn't know anything about it. But I learned because as we began to see each other, Melinda and I, uh, and then eventually we got married. And I probably saved her life 30 or 40 times from yeah. low blood sugar at night. Yeah. I would feel her. And I could, you know, just by laying in bed, something alerted me something's not right and I would reach over and her skin would be clammy and I thought okay she's low and it's funny you don't think oh my god what do I do you just do it mm. and you get out of bed and you wander over and I think back then we I used to give her juice sometimes I would give I didn't want to give her the tabs because if she was really low she wouldn't be able to sw- she might swallow them but she might choke mm. so I gave her the juice I mean and, and, and there are better alternatives to do that now but it probably happened 30 or 40 times um. Anyway, I learned because she experienced and did so many of the things that Miley did. Um, I learned from her and I learned from probably 15 or 20 other people that I met as I was at Braille who eventually passed on and eventually Melinda did too because of heart conditions, which all stemmed from being a type 1 diabetic. 
Melinda and Miley met each other when Melinda was getting her first guide dog. Yep, that's right. In, was that 85? 85, yeah. 85? I remember what... I don't remember what I had for dinner last night, but I remember when you got your guide dog. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Melinda was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And they both talk a lot. I can't... I, I'd love to have been listening, you know, in one of your dorm rooms to see who got the last word in. <laughs> it was Amazing. Miley. <laughs> I, man, I don't know, but Melinda came home and she said, oh my gosh, I met somebody and she was my roommate. And if you think I talk a lot, <laughs> it was incredible. So I, we finally met Miley, or I did in 98 when Melinda got her third guide dog. And uh, that was at Guide Dogs for the Blind. But they, they share so many of the same things. And Melinda to- told me and Miley told you earlier that you can't tell a type 1 diabetic especially when they're a teenager, but at any age, you can't do that. You can't have that. You can't eat that because they're going to say, the hell with you. Watch this. And they will. And there's nothing you can do about it. If they're going to make, if I, if I'm going to make a wrong choice, I'm going to make it. And it's actually up to me. Now, maybe it's a bad choice, but I'm going to make it. And there's really not much you can do about it. But I had, and it's, the word is not luxury, but I mean, I had the ability to watch diabetics because I wasn't one then. At least I don't think so. And I watched and I, I watched the good things they did and I watched the mistakes they made eating that great big piece of chocolate cake, you know, and, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, that sounds great. Now, I didn't even know that maybe chocolate cake wasn't such a good idea for a diabetic because I didn't put the two together. Didn't know. And we got married. And we went to Hawaii, had a great time in Hawaii. Oh, it was awesome. One of the, it was, well, I was, I was about to say something stupid, like, gosh, it was the best honeymoon I was ever on. Well, it was the only honeymoon I've ever been on. But midway through that, you know, we would go to the bar and have a drink, you know, maybe, a, I don't know what it was, one of the Hawaiian drinks. And she said, you know, these, these are high in sugar, pretty high in sugar. What if we were to test your blood? What would you think? I said, I don't know. I don't even know what that is. Don't even know how to do it. Could we do it? I said, well, okay, fine. So she actually um, uh, pricked my finger and we tested it on her strip and it was 199. And I thought, what does that mean? I knew nothing except the fact that I've seen other diabetics go through problems. She said, that's high. It's not super, super high, like you're going to wind up in the hospital, but you shouldn't have that blood sugar if you're not a diabetic. I said, okay. So we got me tested in August of 2002, and I was a pre-diabetic. I don't know what that means. I think, frankly, now the medical people may disagree. I think either you're diabetic or you're not. Um, At least I like to think that way. I mean, gee, okay, fine. I'm pre-diabetic. So my points are a little higher. My blood sugar is a little higher. It still means I've got to do something to fix that. So I did. And because I saw all of these people, many of whom passed, most of whom passed, I said, I've got to learn by their mistakes. And I've got to learn by me now experiencing something I've never experienced before and try and fix it. Because my blood, my, I think my A1C was like about seven nine when I first started, and the next time we tested it three months later, it was six, and it kept 
fluctuating between six and six five, six four, six three. And so I went on that path of always choosing to eat, for the most part, good quality stuff. Now, did I have cake and did I have ice cream and some of the stuff that you're really not supposed to have? Or if you do have it, you have it in moderation. Sure, I still do once in a while. Although I don't remember the last time I had dessert, frankly. But it's probably maybe on a, on a, in, in a family gathering, maybe. And I had a small amount because I do limit myself a lot. But I, I didn't want to make those mistakes because I wanted to live. Now, granted, if God says, okay, everybody out of the pool, um, that's all there is to that. And I'm gone and I'm in heaven watching everybody else. But, but if I have some control over that, I want to live till I'm 80 or 90. And so I want to make good choices. And, and I have. My sugars have been really, really good. Um, it's funny. I exercise when I can. Now, I'm going to blame Jeff Bishop and ACB for the last two to two and a half weeks <laughs> of non-exercising because I'm on the production team. I'm on a lot of teams. I'm on boards for CCB and ACB. And I haven't touched the treadmill or the Nordic Walker in a week and a half. But I will. Probably, I think John, my twin brother, and I have said after this weekend, once we're done with all the streaming that we do and the editing that we do and all the stuff, when we have a little more free time, we're both going to go back to it because I actually miss it. And it feels good. And I enjoy that. So uh, the, probably it was funny. I first learned because I was so tired of getting my fingers pricked. I hate it. And eventually it got to the point where I really had a difficult time reading Braille. So I said, I need to find something else. So I checked around and I heard from uh, some main menus that Jeff Bishop did with Randy Rusnick and other people. And I heard Chris Gray's things on the, on the Freestyle Libre. And I said to my doctor, this is where I'm going. She said, oh, we have patients who do that. I said, well, not like I do, because I'm going to hold a phone up to my arm because I'd done tons of research. And I was talking to Jeff about it. And I said, the, the, maybe the three or four best things technologically to come from, for, for a blind person like me was JAWS for Windows, because that's the screen reader of choice for me. May not be for you, but that's okay. It's whatever works best for you. So I learned JAWS in 97, 98. Now I work for the company. It's the iPhone, which I love because it affords me to do so many things and so much more flexibility. And it's the Freestyle Libra because not only could I, I could go without pricking my finger, but I could learn by testing myself 30 times a day because I didn't have to prick the finger. Which foods for my body, which might be different for you, but for me, which foods made my sugar spike? Which foods made it elevate a little bit? Which foods didn't do anything to it at all? And maybe it did for somebody else. It was such a fascinating experience for me. And now that I'm about to retire, I am so close. One of the most important things I have to look at is to see if I can find a company. And I think I have that actually is the company uh, that will allow me to use durable equipment in terms of insurance because not all of them do when you retire and that's what I want. So that's that's something that's going to happen here as I investigate in the next couple of weeks. But Jeff and Carrie Bishop helped tremendously because I got the unit, but then I thought, well, what, what, what do I do with it? I, I don't know how to set this up. I can read about it, but reading about it and having hands-on are totally different. So... I called Carrie using FaceTime, and she watched me as I put the unit together and said, no, 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 don't do that, do this. 
you know, make sure that this fits into that. And it took a while the first time. Actually, it took longer to figure out the settings because I screwed up. But that's another story and not one we'll use on this panel. Uh, and the second time took me five minutes. Third time took me two minutes. Fourth time, uh, it takes me maybe a minute to do it now. And then I could help John when John became a diabetic. And Jeff helped him as well. So I know I'm getting close to the nine-minute mark. So uh, You're at yes, nine minutes, Larry. I told you. I have an internal clock because of radio that goes in my head. I'm not, I swear, I'm not looking at a Braille display. Anyway, um, I mean, I have been fortunate and blessed because I can continue to live a healthy, normal life, for the most part, uh, by using good sense and trying to do what I can in terms of to, to, to fix this disease and to keep it going so that it's not going to be a problem. And I'm really happy to be here to talk about it. And if I've helped someone along the way or could help someone along the way, I'd be happy to do that, too. And now... I'll stop. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. That's a good story. Um, Jeff, are you uh, up to talking now? Absolutely. Awesome. Great. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Jeff Bishop. I am a member of the ACB Board of Directors, and I serve on the Information Access Committee. I'm on the board of ACBDA, and I also assist with the ACB Radio Steering Committee and am responsible for a lot of overseeing of ACB's IT infrastructure. But that's not what we're here to talk about. So we're here to talk about my life with diabetes. And, you know, when I, when I was growing up, I knew that my mom had diabetes and she struggled with it for quite a long time in her life. And you know, young, innocent me thought, well, that would never happen to me. And, uh, well, in 2001, I went and had a full exam, you know, medical exam, because I was going to go get a new guide dog at the seeing eye. And, of course, they do blood work, you know, in an A1C. And the, and the nurse said, hey, your blood sugar is slightly high, but not anything to, you know, be too concerned about. We'll keep an eye on it when you come back. And I went, all right, fine. So... I went to go get my guide dog, and I came back, and literally about two weeks after I, I got back, I woke up in the middle of the night, about one or two o'clock, literally dying of thirst, just completely just dying of thirst, and I thought, well, I know what that is, I know what that is. and it, w- it didn't matter how much water I drank or anything, so I took that day off and got into my doctor. And without even, you know, uh, a, a miss, uh, checked my blood sugar and it was over 300 in the, uh, in the office. So the next day they sent me for a glucose, glucose tolerance test, which if any of you have ever had to do that, that's just a, loads of fun. And they almost sent me to the hospital because my blood sugar went uh, above 800 because of that. So... Off I went to an endocrinologist, and uh, Dr. Alexander Zwart saved my life. Um, he was an endocrinologist who was very strict, um, believed in extremely tight control, and uh, I purchased a, a voice mate, which was, um, I believe that's what it was called. Remember the talking, Chris, remember the talking uh, glucometer? Yep. Yeah. It was a voice mate. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. 
And big uh, old thing. Yeah, seven hundred dollar mm-hmm. big old thing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh had a heck of a time, you know, uh checking my blood and feeling like I was pregnant because I was on metformin and felt like I had morning sickness for months. Well, the the worst part about this is of course that uh, you know I checked my A1C after I got back. They did they, they checked that and uh, which is very strange because the last one did not show this, but was it was 13.6. So by that time, I had already had kidney damage, which has been since reversed, at least uh, mostly. And uh, I, uh, I've been living a life of, of living with type 2 diabetes, keeping my A1C between you know, 5.7 and 6, 6, 1, 6, 2, something like that for, oh boy, 15, 17 years. And, you know, before I went to work for Microsoft, I'm a program manager on the Windows accessibility team. And before I moved to, to Seattle, my endocrinologist said to me, hey, you know, uh, your nephrologist is right. You know, if you don't do something about your weight, and with your diabetes, you're going to be on dialysis by the time you're 60. And I, you know, really trusted and loved this man and, and really gave that lots of thought. So worked really hard with my insurance in Tucson and they'd refused to do anything to help me. So when I got here, I tried again. And two things radically changed my life. The first was the Freestyle Libre. Uh, I can't say enough about it. It it has truly been a life-changing thing to be able to eat something and know pretty much instantly how it impacted my life and how I, my blood sugar, what, what things I need to do to make sure that my blood sugar stays in check is just amazing and that it's fully accessible uh, for the most part. The app has some issues, but for the most part, it is. Uh that has been a life-changing thing. Uh, I, I, I rank it right up there as important as the iPhone and as important as a screen reader. It's truly been life-changing for people that, that need that technology. And I, I finally took control of my health. And I, as you may have heard um, in the last uh, session, um, it's amazing when you, when you decide to do radical things about your health, how much of a difference it makes even in a short period of time. So I was on, I don't know, four or five diabetes medications, including uh, Ozempic and Metformin and uh, Glipizide and all kinds of different things. And now my A1C was, you know, pretty good, but it took all that medication to be able to do it. Uh, I can tell you that now, um, after losing about 107 at this point, um, I am on no medications except for Ozempic only because I can't get to the gym and I want to keep my metabolic rate as high as I can to keep losing. Um, I'm on no type two diabetes medication and my last A1C was 5.2. Uh, and it, that has been that way now, uh, since December. So, wow. yeah. Um, so I just want to tell you that you should not be afraid of looking at all all alternatives to make sure that you live as long of a life that you want to live and that you, that, you know, so that you can be happy with the life that you're living. Don't be afraid about what 
advancements in science and and medical things that can be done to assist you, you know, sure, some of this is very, very scary. I, I mean, I'll admit I had some pretty serious complications. I had to have a total of three additional surgeries to overcome, you know, a small bowel blockage, all, you know, all kinds of stuff. It wasn't fun. It wasn't easy, but, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would do it again. I would do it again if I had to. I, I don't have to, but I would, I would do it again. Um, you know, you, you need to take a look at what is important in, in your life and the things that make you happy, because really it's about you being happy with yourself. That's most important. And for me, it was wanting to be able to live as long as I can and as healthy as I can and to be there for my family. And so that's why I made the choices that I did. And I'm walking three to four miles a day. I can't wait to get back to the gym when COVID is, uh, COVID is over so that I can start firming up muscle and all of that, which means I'll probably gain weight again at least a little bit because muscle weighs more than fat, which is interesting. It should be the other way around, shouldn't it? Shouldn't, you know, I mean, that, that just feels wrong to me, but apparently it, that's the <laughs> way that it is. So, but uh, listen, you know, um, we are who we set ourselves out to be and, uh, it, you know, get a life coach, get someone who motivates you, who's willing to work with you, who is a friend, who's willing to tell you that you need to, you know, kick your butt in gear on occasion. That's okay because that's what, you know, that's what you may need. Um, but they'll do it in a loving and kind and, and really great way. And, uh, I too really admire the work that Chris has done in this space and, and the advocacy work that he has done. And he's someone that I, definitely look up to as well so that's me so jeff do you still wear the libra and test your your, see what your sugars are doing i do actually i Mm -hmm. I haven't i haven't Mm -hmm. lately because i've been getting my two shoulders worked on because i've got bone spurs yet another yet another dilemma that i'm now dealing with but um (laughs) uh so right now i'm not because they told me do not wear any metal on your body and of course the you know i don't know what that thing's made of so i didn't want to risk it going into an mri but uh Yes, uh, I have been told I do not need to, that you know, an A1C every three to six months is fine, but because I'm paranoid and I want to you know, aggressively control what I'm doing, right. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I, I check probably 20 times a day at least, uh, mm-hmm. s- still to this day. And you know what? I probably right. will do that for the rest of my life, to be honest with you. Right, right. Jeff, that's an awesome story. Yep. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Um, I guess at this time, Donna, if you're ready, we'll open it up to questions if there's any hands raised. Or One other comment that I wanted to make is that um, that is one thing that I really like about this organization, ACBDA, is the fact that people are willing to share information with other folks. Um, We heard that with Larry, Jeff, Danette. Everybody has reached out to other people. Um, Miley is one that I just recently have talked with and it's incredible the the knowledge that you can receive from each other and the friendships that you can build um and that's kind of what acbda is about in addition to the advocacy that chris does yeah so yes if there's any hands raised we'll yeah yes marty you should be able to unmute um jeff i i I may have missed it but you mentioned your your a1c was about 13 what what did you do? Was was it surgery that 
kind of got you to lose the weight and ultimately lower your A1C and, and I assume I assume dieting also? Well, this was uh, my A1C was 13.6 back in 2001. And uh, so that took, you know, watching my diet and lots of medication uh, to get that under control. Uh, I, okay. I live with I live with type two, uh, you know, up till last year until I decided that I'm going to take a pretty radical approach to trying to either cure or you don't really cure, but it but at least get rid of one of probably the primary causes of why I have it, the disease in the first place. You never get rid of it. Once you have it, it it's, it's, you know, right. you're never going to get rid of it. So, um, so are you doing like a plant-based diet? You know, cause I, I don't know if you have no, but, a very high uh, protein. Larry, I've been following this mastering diabetes and, and yeah. I'm doing, a, a, I'm doing a very right. high protein based. I don't want to do medical stuff here as far as what I, I mean, I can, I, I'm <laughs> as far as, giving you medical advice, but, uh, I, I, no, I do, uh, pretty much a very high protein diet because honestly it's, it's what your body needs for, for energy, um, and vegetables. And I try to stay away from, from fruits because they, they tend to have sugar in them for me and that tends to raise my blood sugar. So I tend to minimize that as much as possible. So it's pretty much vegetables. And, and by the way, for those that know me, who know that I didn't really like vegetables? I'm beginning to like them, kind of. So it's better than it was. <laughs> it's one of those things where you, you know, when you change your your lifestyle and you make a choice. Trust me, the the thing that I miss though, Diet Coke. I can't drink Diet Coke anymore. So really, now, yeah. how about meats and do you do do you do meats and fish? Because yep, one yep. of the things they meats say and in fi- these meats and fish and steak and hamburger. They tell you to stay away from from animal. Foods, I I haven't like had any pasta. I haven't had any pasta since uh, Thanksgiving Day, um, which is killing me because I love Italian food. Or well, I <laughs> yes. loved Italian food, uh, and because I know that's going to get me into trouble for two reasons: one, um, blood sugar, and also weight. So I'm really just trying to, you know, be really careful. Now, do I, have I cheated once in a while? You know, maybe once or twice. Um, yeah, by here or there. But, but, you know, I mean, I used to eat a large pizza by myself. Um, if I have, a, if, if I even have a half of a slice of pizza anymore, I, I think I've had one slice of pizza. If you were to add up all the, all the pizza that I had in the last seven months, which is uh, pretty good for me because... I'll eat cauliflower-based pizza. Cauliflower-based pizza is yeah. not bad. Yeah. Yeah. That actually it tastes good. Nope. I've had it, it cauliflower. Does. Yeah. Yeah, it's not you bad. You can't tell the difference. Okay, this is Miley, and I just wanted to respond really quickly to Marty because um, I also read Mastering Diabetes, and one of the problems with eating a high um, animal-based diet is that it causes insulin resistance. So, you know, at least that's the theory in that book. And so I... I don't eat all the fruit that they go for in that book because I think all that fruit would make my blood sugar spike. But I find that by eating a whole food plant-based diet that um, I don't have any insulin resistance that, I, that I'm aware of. I only take about 14 units of insulin a day. Um, and I don't have the highs and lows that I used to have. And yet I eat a, a ton of rice and beans and um, not as much pasta because that does still kind of make my blood sugar spike. But fruit, you know, oatmeal for breakfast. Um, so 
I think everybody's different and you just kind of have to try what and see what works for you and what, what kind of a lifestyle you can stick to. If, you know, if Jeff really likes eating high animal protein and, and is getting used to vegetables and it works for him and his A1C is 5.4 or whatever it was, that is incredible. Mine is actually down from a 6.9 to 6.4 by um, just, you know, using the Clarity app, which is what they recommend um, in as part of the, the your toolkit in um, mastering diabetes. You know, that 6.4 is as low as mine's been in a really long time. We have um, Diane from ATL, whatever that means. <laughs> Mute. It means Atlanta. That's the abbreviation for Atlanta. Yeah. I figured ATL. so, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> yep. Uh, hot Atlanta today. Uh, I wanted to first say hello to everybody, especially my, my best friend, my good friend, haven't talked in a long time, Chris Gray. And um, and Juanita says hello. Welcome. Um, Welcome. And, um, and also wanted to say hello to my hero, Jeff Bishop, because if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't have started with the Libra. Um, I did start with the Libra until my insurance company said that we're not paying for that anymore. You got to get the Dexcom. So I went to the Dexcom. Um, that actually worked out better for me because since I can't tolerate metformin, uh, I'm on uh, uh, glomeparide. And um, sometimes I can go into a low. And it can happen real quick. So, you know, at least the Dexcom gives me the alerts of when I go low. But, you know, as a type 2 diabetic since 2004, I'm doing pretty good. I'm staying within my 6 range. Um, I'm at 6.7 now. Uh, So I go between 6.2, 6.5. I went 6.7 because I'm in a pandemic and I can't get out. <laughs> and I won't get out, but um, I just want to let you know that um, this is a good group, and um, I want to thank both of y'all for this group. And um, you know, that's all I had to say. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Mm, nice. There are new features coming um, for the freestyle, uh, and uh, so people should keep an eye on that. I don't know when they're coming out for sure, but there's been rumor about this, and actually, it's been written in articles on the internet uh including providing alarms and alerts but i it was not. in their newsletters yeah so they, month, they have monthly newsletters so if you sign up for those you should yeah. see it but they're but they're not out yet so i don't no, know what, i know I the features are not out yet so they need to hurry and and a 21 day sensor apparently yeah so, i'm looking wow. forward to that yeah yeah absolutely oh. andy you should be able to talk okay uh i'm andy barocco and uh, sorry, I missed the session yesterday when you were talking about the freestyle. Apparently, my wife has just begun using the freestyle library 14 day system. And at this point in time, she has a visiting nurse who comes every other week to change the sensor. Now, she was told that a nurse has to do this. And I want to know, is this true? Can the patient no. change the sensor no, themselves? No. That's just freestyle Libra. That's nonsense. That's the kind yeah. word I'll use. <laughs> it's not true. My goodness, I've been doing it for almost a year and a half. Jeff's been doing it longer. Okay, when I, I first got mine, uh, my brother actually observed as I as I did it, 
we looked at all the bits and pieces together and so forth. And, and that was very helpful to learn the packaging and to have the experience. And I've never had to have assistance since that right. time. Right. This internet, when I trained to use my Dexcom, I went to my diabetic educator. She watched me right. do it once and never, and never a time after that, I've been doing it myself. Well, thank you very and much. And they also, they also have a help desk, um, I'm sure, with yeah. the Freestyle as well as with Dexcom. And you can call them up oh, and yeah. they're a patient and you can, they can walk you through every single step. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And with the Dexcoms, like when I had the Dexcom 5, I would break the sensor and they would send me a new one. They wouldn't have to pay for it. They'd send a new one out. Right. But with the 6, I've never broke anything. Yep. I have a question. If I can jump in here, it's an easy, quick one, I think. I believe it was Miley, but it might have been somebody else who mentioned a kind of neuropathy called balance neuropathy. or That was Linda. Yeah. Linda. When we sign off, I will get with Linda and exchange information between the two of you. Okay. Restoria Jackson, or I don't know if I'm saying that right. (laughs) Yeah, you're correct. Okay, Uh, thank you. I've enjoyed the uh, uh, broadcast so far. I'm not a diabetic, but I'm right at the borderline of it. My son is, and the only way he gets information is through me. Uh, since I'm visually impaired, is this podcast going to be uh, recorded? Because I can't write all this information it down. It's being recorded now. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Thank you so much, and I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Fantastic. While you're unmuting the next person, um, another comment that I'd like to make is that um, – even if you are not diabetic, you can still be part of ACBDA because, um, I'm sorry, I didn't even tell you this is Becky Dunkerson again. Um, I am not diabetic, but I have family members that are. Um, and so anybody can join ACBDA. Um, so if you are interested, that would be good. Um, the Lodge. Hi, this is Donna from Iowa. I just wanted to thank you, all of you, for putting such a good program together. I, I, I'm very impressed. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Yep, thanks a lot. Okay, Roger, you should be able to talk. Hey, okay. I'd like to thank these, uh, you people for doing this talk. You raised my curiosity a lot because uh, I've been diabetic since uh, probably early 90s. And um, I control it somewhere right around the six, eight to seven, three. Um, and that's where I've been running on metformin, uh, no insulin. But I waste more test strips missing the blood spot. Uh, I have a talking meter, but I, as I say, I waste more test strips missing the spot of blood than I do getting the spot of blood. We understand. <laughs> yep. Get a Libre, get a Libre or a Dexcom. <laughs> it sounds very, very interesting. I knew very little about it other than I know it's relatively new and I don't know if the insurances cover it, but uh, it's something i got to look into. I thank you very much for uh, doing the show. Okay. So my insurance cover everything. Same here. I have Kaiser. And I and have Medicaid. United Healthcare Dual Complete, and it covers yeah. everything. My, my insurance covered – I don't have the, the meter. I just have the phone, but it covered – 
much of the sensor cost. Not all of it, but some of it. And I don't care. Mm, yeah, it's, it's more worth than it, yeah. worth it for me. Oh, I just yeah. want to make sure I get it after I retire, which is the next hurdle. Mm-hmm. Deborah, I actually had a copay oh, for the strips, and I don't have a copay or anything extra for it. So it's actually less expensive for me to be on a CGM. Mm-hmm. Deborah Robinson, you should be able to unmute. I want to send a shout out to Linda McKinley because we are members of the Michigan Council of the Blind and Visually awesome. Impaired. She did a great job. Everybody's done a good job, really. Thank you. Um, And I've really enjoyed these presentations today. I'm not diabetic, but I've learned a lot. And did any of you struggle with wrestling with the love of ice cream or dark chocolate when you became diabetic? How did you feel? (laughs) (laughs) These are my loves. I still eat dark chocolate. I I, I haven't struggled with it because I still eat it once in a while. Once in a while, not all the time. But so I, I decided not to put the struggling aspect of it into words or action. <laughs> and, and as long as you calculate in the amount of carbohydrate, um, in, you know, kind of, at least for a type one, you know, it's, it's all about counting carbohydrates and just balancing the amount of insulin you take. And um, that I, I have a square of dark chocolate a day. Whether I need it or not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have phone number ending in 5985. You should be unmuted and ready to talk. Okay, this is Beth Corley again. I, I spoke earlier, and I'm the one that's had diabetes, type 1 diabetes, for 56 years. And I really want to give kudos to Jeff Bishop to prove that you can live a relatively normal and happy life as a diabetic. As I have, I was not always good in college. I remember going for um, hot honey buns a la mode at midnight. So you know that's that's not a good thing, but uh, I have learned from my from my mistakes as well. And um, so many things that the folks have said today are so important. But the positive things are for diabetics who are scared or are really apprehensive about um, taking care of yourself. It's so worth it. It is so worth it. I maybe didn't take as good a care of myself as I could have, but I'm also um, can talk about life after complications. And I've had a kidney transplant, and I, I am blind. And yet I lived a very happy, and what I consider normal, whatever normal is, life. And um, those squares of dark chocolate will not kill you, I promise. <laughs> so you, you just figure all that into your insulin dosage. And, you know, there's, there's ways to do this stuff. So you just got to figure it out. But thanks to all of you for a great um, session today. You know, what, you. I, what I had learned when I was saying that giving an insulin shot would be really, it scared me. It's okay to do it in fear first. You just got to do it. So. That's a good point. The body is incredibly resilient. It is. And it, you, know, you put yourself through all that stuff and you go, how does my body deal with it? Well, it does. <laughs> I mean, eventually there's going to be a point where it says, I give up, forget it. Mm-hmm. But but it's so resilient. So you learn by your mistakes and you can move forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ani Severson. I'm a rehab teacher um, in Oklahoma. And I just uh, wanting to know a couple of things. Do you folks know of any device 
for somebody who's deaf and blind and they're diabetic. Anybody know of anything out there? Mm, that's a good one. And while you're thinking, I better ask you another question since we're running out of time. The free Libre, are they paired with iPhone, Android, or how do you get the alert? How is that set up? Both. So, Android and iPhone. It is compatible. Okay. Yep. And iPhone 7 pretty, or later. I'm sorry? iPhone 7 or later. Okay. And so when you get it, is it, um, can you independently set it up yourself or do you need sighted assistant to pair it up? You can independently do it. I would okay. recommend that you have someone that you trust, you know, be around the first time because it is, there's a little bit of mechanics with to it. But overall, okay. yes, you should, a person, if they do their due diligence and and read up on it, they should be able to independently install okay. it. Okay. And by the way, Is if you happen to have any contacts with deafblind diabetics, we would love to be in touch with them. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, say it again. If you have any contacts with diabetics who are deafblind, we would love to be in contact with them. Yep. Okay. Okay, I can do that. Um um, I, I don't suppose Dr. Sue or anybody else is on uh, listening to uh, this now, right? Don't you, you can don't think so, but you can email her. Okay, because I do have a, a question. Um, right. Um, okay. Well, I'll let go so somebody else will have a chance. Thank you. We okay. do need to wrap it up because the next right. per, uh, meeting is starting. Right. Donna, thank you for doing your behind the scenes, and you want to give the last. Um, I will code. give the ending code. Yeah, and Sorry. you're lucky this time; it's only numbers. <laughs> so it's eight 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 nine seven. Again, eight 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 nine seven. Awesome. Well, Donna, okay. Becky, everybody, so thank great. You all. Be here with you, and thank you so much for everything you did to make this happen. I, I actually enjoyed the presentation. It was very good.